0: Gumbawale, for the win! Good! A weekday Ogunbawale wins the National Championship for Notre Dame! Pino gets the crossing. He's to work 12 out! Oh, can
1: you believe this? Every one has saved the USA's life in this World Cup! 21 World Championship medals she is the greatest of all time, you just can't say it enough. Wow.
0: Women's Singles Champion, Serena Williams. large. Williams into Bird in the corner. You bet. She's done it again. Sue Bird.
2: Welcome into All In WFUV's Women's Sports Podcast. I'm Julia Moss. Here with Miles Grossman and Annabelle Watson, and we have a lot of different things to get into this week. It's been WNBA heavy the past few weeks, but but we're going to get into some soccer, some NCAA women's basketball, and then of course the game of the year thus far is tonight. So of course we have to talk about that. But before we get into that, guys, how are you doing?
1: Doing well. Excited to get into it. Big uh, big day for for Liberty fans, and I uh, and yeah, I know the the World Cup is on the horizon. So excited to get into that too.
0: Yeah, same here. I think we have some good topics. Um I'm excited to talk about Paige as a Yukon fan, excited about her progress. So, super excited to get into the show today.
2: Absolutely. And we're going to start with some World Cup talk, some some roster talk because since the last time we've recorded, we have had the the roster release and there were some some not surprises and definitely some fair share of of head scratchers and surprises. I've been a an outward pessimist about Vladko andnovsky and this only further cements my idea of maybe he's not the best person to lead this team but let's let's get into it a little bit the roster was released we have some of the the Mainstays Megan Rapino Alex Morgan Kelly O'Hara all making their fourth fourth World Cup appearance which is absolutely incredible and really speaks to the just tenacity they play with and the the commitment they have to their their craft and staying healthy because you know being in the league or in the in the in the conversation to be on a roster for this long is huge and we'll start with the goalkeepers no surprise that Alyssa Nair is on this roster Casey Murphy those those are two players that have really shown especially listener over the years is has really cemented her spot on this team and especially as a starting goalkeeper for pretty much as long as I would assume she wants because she is just has such a natural talent and then Casey Murphy and her few starts have been really great but Aubrey Kingsbury is definitely something that someone I am surprised about over AD French AD has of course the 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 bulk of the national team caps over Kingsbury but Black, who obviously thought maybe A.D. French's prime is, has hit and passed, so went with Aubrey Kingsbury there. But before we go any further, guys, just, just kind of an overview of this roster. I want to know, and Annabelle, we can start with you, who are the whole roster are you like, most surprised to, to hear?
0: Well, for me, the biggest surprise is that there's no true backup for Alex Morgan at striker at this point. You know, there's plenty of forwards, on the roster, Lynn Williams, Megan Rapino, Alyssa Thompson, but they're usually wingers or attacking midfielders. So there's no true backup for Alex Morgan. And obviously Alex Morgan is a U.S. women's national team legend. You know, she's actually one of, even, even though I'm not a huge, huge fan, of soccer. Alex Morgan is one of like, is a big idol for me, you know, just being a female in sports. But, you know, as much as we can praise her, I think, you know, we have to acknowledge that she is getting older. And, you know, she can be injury prone. So when you don't have a true backup for her, that's really concerning. Um, Ashley Hatch was someone who was kind of in the conversation before the roster actually came out. And, you know, she's definitely a snub considering that she was a backup for Alex Morgan in fifteen of the last 25 uh US women's national team matches. So, you know, she expressed that she felt she was snubbed, which obviously she herself is gonna feel snubbed. But um, you know, I think that's definitely that could have been a really valuable roster position considering that Alex Morgan is on the older side, there could be injuries there. You never know what could happen. And to not have a true backup for her is concerning.
2: Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Especially when you're looking at I mean, there are a lot of players that I think could back her up, but when you have someone like Ashley Hatch who has already had that been in that position, knowing that, you know, she's going to play in that position, subbing so on for Alex Morgan, it's tough to to look in another direction. But you have players like Lynn Williams, Trinity Rodman, proven goal scorers. Even you know someone like Ashley Sanchez, who's who is uh, a pretty dominant player in there in the midfield. But as far as forwards, you know it's really going to show there, and even Sophia Smith, of course. But and not have a uh, a set backup for Alex Moore is going to be tough because the World Cup is is a monster schedule wise, and you're going to have to go through several different rotations every game because that's something that soccer is very different from another sports. I think baseball might be like baseball pitching might be the one, um, one fair comparison, but you know, you, you see someone, you see a sport like football where it's like, you just go every, every time you just have the same, same players and same quarterback, but you can't do that at soccer. You have to switch up play players. You can't have players going full 90 minutes back to back to back to back. And so those forwards are going to have to step up in this world cup, but, We'll move over miles. What What are your surprises from this roster?
1: Yeah, sticking with Annabelle's line of thinking, I think I'm going to go with a snub for for my biggest surprise is Sam Coffee not making the roster. You know, someone who's had a fantastic season so far in the NWSL with the Portland Thorns, a young player who also has a bit of national team experience for her relatively young age I believe only 24 years old solid experience I expected her to at least be making the trip like you said Julia you can't play 90 back to back to back so a player like coffee I expected to be able to provide a a little bit of depth there for the U.S. team and that's not something that will obviously be happening this July but um, you know I think there's a few questionable decisions I think there are a few or a bit fewer snubs just because there are some more injuries but Snubs wise, I really coffee stands out as the one for me.
2: And something that's so interesting about that is that coffee does play midfield, and she is incredible at dishing the ball out and putting forwards in a position to score, which is something this U.S. women's national team needs desperately. You look at this Tokyo, this team that went to Tokyo, they couldn't score to save their life. the The offense stalled every single game. It was it was really tough to watch. And I think it was one game against, I, it might have been Australia or Sweden. Something, it might have been Canada, um, where they had, I think they scored like five goals that were called back for offside. So even when they did put the ball in back of the net, it, it wasn't under legal terms, if you will. So to have someone like Sam Coffey, who leads the NWSL in assists, to to go with Savannah DeMello, which I think is the biggest, biggest surprise on this roster, has no national team experience, has been called in for some camps, has never played a minute of national team football soccer whatever you want to call it on the pitch and it's just it's really surprising when you have other options like Ashley Hatch like Sam Coffey as you mentioned Miles to go with Savannah DeMello who you know it she hasn't exactly lit it up in the NWSL either she has been great she's she's a good player but she plays on a racing Louisville team who's not even that good and Vlad Bl- Godanovsky has said before that he takes NWSL performance into a lot of account more so than most U.S. coaches in the past. But you look, you look at this team, and it's like Savannah has zero caps, as I mentioned in the in the national team, but also five goals, which is seventh in the NWSL. Not bad. Two assists for the season. Not good. They're they're good numbers. They're not bad numbers, but. Racing Louisville is ranked eighth in the league out of 12 teams. They're not a great team by any means. And, of course, it is still somewhat early in the season. But when you're looking at potential players to bring in a in a tournament like the World Cup, it's not exactly a time to be experimental, in my opinion. It's not a time to take risks. You need to go with what what you know is good. And I think Sam Coffey has proven she's great. She's She's been better in the NWSL, if you ask me, across the board. It depends on what you – you weigh more goals or assists but in my opinion when for this specific team that has trouble scoring to be able to have a, a player that puts the ball where it can be scored should be absolutely prioritized but yeah that was my biggest surprise is savannah Demoa making this roster but thank god julie ertz is back because Lindsay haran can finally play the position she came up in and then other than that really no surprises It's a good roster. Roosevelt's going to need to come up big. A lot of injuries, so a lot of newer faces, a lot of faces we might not have seen otherwise. Sofia Huerta has really proven her spot. She's had a great story. If if you're listening to this, I would definitely look up her come up in soccer. Emily Sonnet, I'm a little surprised to see. She, of course, played in 2019, but she's stunk in the NWSL, to be honest. But we're going to move on here. We're going to move on to a topic that I know Annabelle is really excited to talk about, and that is the return of Paige Beckers. She missed all of last season with an ACL injury, tore ACL, missed a good chunk of the season prior to that with another injury, another leg injury. <laughs> but as it stands right now, she is 90% recovered as of last week, which is a number, of course, you love to hear, still being so far away from the beginning of next season and she's expected to start the season a hundred percent. And, and Gino Oriama, head coach of UConn has said um, that if she's not ready to go by then, then I'm not ready to go. So that's something you definitely love to hear if you're a fan of UConn. And of course, if you're a fan of Paige Beckers, but Annabelle, we'll start with you. You know, what are you, obviously you're feeling happy, but what specifically are your takeaways from hearing um, Gino Oriama? pretty much guarantee that Paige Beckers will be back from the start of the season?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's really great. It makes me really optimistic about this team going into the season. I think they were so plagued by injuries this past season, even beyond Paige, Um, and having her back their kind of mainstay is just really going to instill a lot of confidence in the team. And, you know, to see Coach Oriyama stand by Paige uh, like he did in that most recent interview and really, you know, kind of identify her as a leader with this team is makes me really happy, and I think that he's putting all of his confidence in this one player, and I know that she's taken this time with her injury to get stronger both with her body and her mind, and I'm excited for how she's going to look on the court and also the leadership role that she's going to take with this team. Um, Another thing that he did bring up is that she's uncertain if she's going to play in the exhibition games in Europe this August. Um, For me, that's not a huge concern. I would rather her be safe than sorry. You know, if she's not fully ready, they're exhibition games and she's Paige Beckers. So I don't think it would be great to see her play, but Honestly, I don't think she really needs it. I think the priority is making sure she's 100% ready for for when the season actually starts. And to hear that she's 90% recovered is great. And to know that she really used that time to develop herself into a huge leadership role is really awesome.
1: Miles? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, uh, you know, UConn, it, it, when, they, when they're at full strength, Paige Buchers and AZ Fudd as a duo is a really intimidating pair. I think no one really wants to see that. Even if you are a South Carolina, Notre Dame, one of these uber-talented teams in NCAA women's basketball, I think that UConn absolutely competes at that top tier when they're healthy. And I think, you know, it, it's, it's almost going to be like that Jamal Murray experience coming out of the ACL tear – what, how comfortable you can be in your first year back because i think you know it, it can be scary coming out of the injury just confidence wise landing funny those leaps right i think it'll be it'll be interesting to see how Paige looks those first few weeks to months but there's no doubt about it UConn is is a, a real national championship threat when when they're full strength and that, and that easy fud you know page combo is something we haven't even seen all that much of this, it's an unbelievably talented pair.
2: A hundred percent. And something else, uh, Gino has said that, you know, if, if you're a fan of Yukon women's basketball, it's just music to your ears and that he said, this is the best she's ever been strongest. She's been the fittest she's been, which are the three, three, the big three, really, if you will, of, um, basketball of, of a player, especially coming back from an injury. Uh, it's clear that she's taken the time of her injury to show, um, that she really needs to take care of her body and these injuries if she wants to play a long time. Paraphrasing Gina said, you know, this is how you're going to have to go about it from here on On injuries. No injuries. It doesn't matter. This is what you're going to have to do. And she has embraced it. In 2021, before her injury, she had 14 points per game, four rebounds, and just under four assists with a steal and a half per game. And then in 2020, the year that everyone remembers of her, of her freshman year when she took the the Nation, by storm, 20 points a game, 5.7 assists per game, and then just under five with 2.3 steals per game. So, Miles, you said it before, but with with Paige Beckers in this lineup, you really have to think, you know, who can beat this team other than an LSU or an Iowa? And the out-of-conference schedules haven't been released yet, I don't believe at least. So if, if we get one of those matchups pre-conference play, it could be easily uh, a preview to the national championship.
1: No doubt about it. I think they're really in that conversation this year with those upper echelon teams. It'll be fun, you know, because I think for so long we were used to UConn being team to beat. And now it's, you know, absolutely the case. They are no longer the team to beat. They weren't even in that conversation down the stretch last year. And, you know, there's no doubt about it. They, they'll they be back in it this year.
2: It's a return to the the women's scene that, that fans have come to know and love so much. It seems that that UConn is absolutely 100% back with a stacked lineup but we're gonna we're gonna transfer a little over to another another player who had an amazing uh collegiate career and, and connected to UConn at one point before leaving for UDEL University of Delaware and that is Elena Deladon she scored 25 points last night in 26 minutes versus the Atlanta Dream in which they won 109 to eighty six. and this is a player that's dealt with injuries quite a lot over the past few years so now she is fully back fully healthy and she has shown you know, 11th in points per game in the W. She's really shown that, you know, she can bring this team to new levels as a leader, as we've known before, but it really seems like she is back to her prime.
1: It really does. And, you know, uh, she's the type of player where she's in a situation in Washington where the scoring doesn't need to be unbelievable. It's such a solid defensive unit, play such good team defense that, you know, having a healthy Deladan is really. All you need alongside a couple other weapons and cloud, et cetera. But the offense doesn't need to be unbelievable or high pace or anything because the defense is so consistent with this with this team. It's been the case for a number of years. And I think, you know, slowly but surely Washington ekes their way into that top tier conversation. Sure, they, they they falter a little bit against the Liberty, but I think they prove that they, they can compete with those with those top-tier teams. And, you know, Della Dona, it's great to see her healthy because it's been a while, I think, you know, minutes restrictions for a number of years. Now, finally, back to her normal self.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think to kind of echo Miles' statements, you know, she was really reaching her prime almost 10 years ago at this point, And to see her come back, and really go off like she has been is awesome to see she's scoring over 17 points in basically her last five games shooting 47 percent from the field 41 percent from three and she hasn't missed a, a free throw in over a month which is just crazy numbers and like I said I think it's really awesome to see a player like this come back and just shows her longevity and her her ability to really fight through injuries and it's, it's just so awesome to see
2: yeah and just to kind of conceptualize that with stats you know she is averaging more minutes per game this season than she has in the past few years the last time she averaged as many minutes as in 2018 so really pre those injuries we've seen her deal with so that's another testament to how how she's honestly she's back she's back to being the deladon we've seen so much and then also, the last time she's averaged this many points per game was in 2019, which which was when she appeared in an all-star game last. So really good just for the W, I think, to have someone like Elena Deladon back to back to form. And in the Mystics are third in the Eastern Conference, right behind the New York Liberty, sitting at nine and five, seven and three in the last ten. So they are really on an upward scale. And that actually really segues great into the last segment we're gonna go over here. And that is a hypothetical not necessarily maybe not a hypothetical that might be the wrong word for it but I have a question for you guys who in the WNBA that is not named the New York Liberty or the Las Vegas Aces has the best shot at the championship because I feel like we've talked so much about whether it's Liberty or the Aces the Liberty you know winning a championship is so hard and so many crazy things happen That I wouldn't be surprised if a team that wasn't the Aces or the Liberty really shoot up and and claim the championship this year just because, you know, it seems like when something's so obvious, it, it usually isn't as obvious as it seems. So I think it's a great question to ask now. What team do you think could be that sneaky team that, that sneaks up into the, into the championship when all is said and done?
1: Well, right off the bat, I think I'm going to have to go Connecticut because they're a team that's even with the absence of John Jones and their head coach, and GM leaving in Miller, I think that they're still probably the most talented team outside of the outside of Liberty and the aces. And, you know, going into the year, I think everyone really harped on the absence of John Cole Jones. And she is that superstar caliber player when she's at full strength, but Connecticut has proven what's gotten this team to where they're at today is that 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 cohesive move the ball identity and, and team defense, and I think that didn't go anywhere. Even with Miller gone, they've done a great job of picking up the pieces, moving on. Even Carrington now, you know making an impact I think as of late which is wonderful a lot of fans were confused a lot of media alike were confused early in the year why was she not a regular part of this team and now now she is I think they're they're a little bit more dangerous offensively and I think you know they can go on those runs where where, where Connecticut is a top tier team so you know I guess sort of Washington eking their way into the conversation but for me it's going to be Connecticut as that third team that probably should be in that championship conversation.
0: Yeah. I'm going to second miles. I also have the Connecticut son, you know, they have some offensive struggles sometimes, but like miles said, they're a great defensive team and, you know, something that it seems kind of obvious, but I think it really matters is a lot is that they do a good job of taking care of the teams they need to take care of and really you know taking those opportunities to beat bad teams the only team they haven't that they, they haven't won against who aren't the Aces or Liberty is the Atlanta Dream on June 15th so their only other losses are coming from the Aces or Liberty so i think those are the two teams that you know obviously are that upper echelon but the Connecticut Sun definitely like miles said should be in the conversation they're You know, they were kind of counted out without John Paul Jones, but they've really come together. And I think they're definitely in the conversation.
2: I think it should be known. Annabelle is from Connecticut. So take that as you will. I am going to go with the Washington Mystics. I know we just talked about Deladon and it might be a recency bias, if you will, but man, this team has been fun to watch. Deladon is incredible, as we just mentioned, for all the reasons as before, but I mean they're hot. I, seven and three the last ten. It's hard to argue with the Sun because they've been so consistently good throughout the season. You know what's so interesting about Connecticut, I think, is that they're really great on the road. Rather that most of their losses are at, at home. They're seven and one on the road, and Alyssa Thomas has been incredible. But I I don't know. I think when it comes down to it, experience is going to matter. And yes, the Sun uh, have had their their moments of playoff basketball, but. Elena Deladon has been here before and she's really the the tried and true leader of this team so my my choice is going to be Washington but again it just feels like there's going to be another team that we don't even have on our radars that's going to come up and really play good basketball down the stretch because the most important basketball is yet to be played and that is you know I would say post all-star is really when you start to see teams come together and you see playoff-esque basketball we're still in the we're still in the the era I think of the season where teams are still trying to figure out how to play with one another you see that with the Liberty really starting to gel together and if you want to hear more about Liberty basketball I would definitely tune in to to me and Miles's weekly report as the two beat reporters of the team but that is going to do it for this week's episode of All In once again I'm Julia Moss joined with Annabelle and Miles thank you so much for listening until next week This has been All In, a production of WFUV Sports.